Hello everybody and welcome to this week's spooktacular episode of the Going Up cast. We're just going to get right into it without much of an intro here because we got some stuff to talk about. Um, I went out and carved pumpkins, which was a ton of fun. I went on another explore adventure, which was great. There's a new thing on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's a new Frozen short that we're going to talk about here called Once Upon a Snowman. And we have our spookiest story yet. Um, it's going to be... I, I hope I hope you guys enjoy it, um, is all I'm going to say at it, about it at this time. But, uh, before we get into the podcast, I want to do a couple of things real quick here at the top. Number one, I have not said these words in a very long time, because I don't, I don't know, I just have, I kept forgetting. But, if you enjoy the Going Up cast and would like to support the Going Up cast, please go to patreon.com forward slash going up cast, where you get access to my Patreon exclusive Pokemon Nuzlocke series, which will be uh, returning here very shortly. I am going to film an episode today, and now that I've said that, I must commit to it. I also have a couple of other videos of me doing some explores uh, out in like the wide world of nature that I want to edit and make those Patreon exclusives as well. So if you want to see me like exploring this wide world of, of Washington, uh, it will be exclusive on Patreon. And you can join. Uh, I basically just have the $5 level um, because it's it's the easiest for me. And um, I think that is a that is a reasonable price. Um, I don't have like multiple tiers of like different rewards and stuff. Basically, you, you get on Patreon and you get access to everything that's exclusive. So it, it all ends up over there. And uh, it would be it would mean a lot to me. Now, obviously, you don't have to because I haven't talked about it for a while. And it's mostly just there for, for support and stuff like that. But, you know, if you want to chip in i would very very much appreciate that and obviously you can email me at growingcast at gmail.com if you have any like books you want me to read or ideas you want to see in the podcast or places you want me to go all those things are very much appreciated as well you can also follow me at facebook uh facebook.com forward slash going upcast and on instagram at going upcast are the uh all the many places where you can get the pictures and the the messages when i post new episodes when i when i post new chapters of inheritance or any of my audiobooks or any of those things, I always post it on Facebook. So if you want to know the second a chapter goes up, Facebook is is where to go. Facebook.com forward slash going upcast. That's pretty much uh, the the social media stop for uh, knowing when new chapters arrive. Because they do not upload at the exact same time every day, that's your best bet. Uh, you can set up some sort of notification or something when the chapter goes live so you can hear it right when it comes out. Cool. Um... Sorry, I, I hadn't done that in a really long time, so I just wanted to, to say it for like all the all the new folks. Um, and we've got a lot of new folks. We've got a lot of new listeners lately. Uh, these last couple of weeks have been some of the most uh, like highest listening weeks ever in the Going Upcast history. So, hello, new ears. Thank you for, for finding this. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful Halloween and enjoy this week's spooktacular episode of the Going Upcast. That's enough of me talking. Let's get into some more of me talking. When I was very young, I used to collect Pokemon cards. Um, indeed, I have a, a collection of probably like a thousand Pokemon cards, which I know doesn't sound like a lot. Um, actually, no, it's probably more like 700 Pokemon cards. Um, actually, I know, yeah, I know it doesn't sound like a lot. But recently I got it in my head that I was going to try and sell my Pokemon card collection. So what I am pretty much in the middle of right now is pricing 
all of my Pokemon cards, um, just to kind of get an idea of, of their, their relative value. Naturally, uh, what they're worth when they're like pristine near mint, and what they're worth um, in the very, very played condition that I currently have them in are two very different numbers. And, of course, it doesn't matter what they're worth as if nobody is willing to pay for them. So, it's been an interesting experiment to see uh, how much my shit's worth. And right now, I'm in the middle of the letter P. I've made a good way of the way through my cards. Um, even in their played condition, um, I have an average value per card of about $4, uh, which roughly works out to a collection well over $1,500. Which is, uh, which is pretty good. Half of that value belongs to a single card. So I might just try and sell that one incredibly valuable like $800 card I have in my possession. Um, and call it a day there. It's been, it's been, it's been fun um, to just kind of like look up prices. And I have a spreadsheet basically of keeping track of all this stuff. Um, I would love to be able to just off this on somebody. Um, and the, the influx of cash would be nice if I got, you know... All, all that all that money that'd be uh that'd be nice because i need to probably sell it on ebay and you gotta factor in packaging and fucking shipping costs and all that stuff too so the 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 amount of money i make out of this will probably be not too much but i guess we'll find out i guess we'll find out but that's been a an interesting um thing going on if any of you want some pokemon cards you fucking let me know at gmail.com. i got a lot of a uh, got a lot of them and I'm 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 looking to off them. So yeah, it's just been it's just been a fun little project, and I I'm eager to see its completion. Although the most likely scenario is once they're all priced, they're probably just gonna go right back into the binder and back in my closet. Because let's be honest, they don't take up a lot of room, and well, I'm a lazy individual, so <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually gonna get around to actually selling them or not. But I don't know. next when I when I do, I'll know what everything's worth. So. It'll be easier. Anyway, just wanted to chat about that real quick because it's uh, it's fresh in me mind and it's uh been occupying a fair bit of my time. So hope you're all doing well. Let's keep going on the podcast. I don't know why I'm saying farewell. See you in the next bit. It's been a little while since I've regaled folks with tales of adventures of nature and shit. So I thought I'd do that real quick here with the trip up to Mount Baker. I went up at the crack of dawn basically um actually it was before the crack of dawn because the sun rose while we were actively driving um and i had been woken up rudely might i add by a fire alarm mere hours before um i was able to get a little bit of sleep afterwards but not enough um i think i was awake for like 18 hours that day i was i was pretty tired at the end of it um i had never been to mount baker and so we took the northern route um, there are two possible access points of Mount Baker. There is the 538 Highway, um, and then uh, Washington 20, or the uh, or 542, I guess is what it turns into, um, along the north there. And we made it up to the uh, the Mount Baker ski area, um, basically up to. We were at the Mount Baker Ski School. The Heather Meadows Base area is where we were at. Um, the, the road continuing up 542 up to like, um, the chains Lake trailhead and Austin pass and all that stuff. And artist point that was all closed, unfortunately for the season. Cause the snowfall was already pretty, uh, pretty intense. So that's about where we made it. Um, there was actually a, uh, 
Yeah, there was we we walked around the the chalet at Mount Baker, uh, which apparently is a a rentable location. Um, how much does this cost to book? Um, I have to contact you. Ugh. Can you just can you just tell me how much it is? How about you just how about you just tell me rental information? Just tell me how much this is. Ugh, I don't want to contact you. Ugh, fuck you. It's money. It's probably lots of money. Now that I think about it. Anyway, yeah, we set forth super early in the morning and uh, started driving up. And it was amazing how quickly, like, the snow appeared. Um, like, once you start climbing the mountain, it goes from, like, oh, it's, like, you know, lovely almost summer. Everything's green and there's some some trees and they're leafing, so you get a little bit of fall in there as well. Um, and it was just a lovely, pleasant drive up into the mountains. And then you start climbing that mountain, and a couple of moments in a switchback here, there, and everywhere, and all of a sudden the s snow is just covering the road, and the temperature dropped by like 12 degrees in the over the course of like three minutes. Um, it was incredible how fucking cold it got. Um, but fortunately, I was kitted out in my brand new snow pants, my brand new snow boots, two pairs of socks. Uh, I had a shirt and a wool sweater. I have like these thin. Uh, merino wool sweaters which do an excellent job of being like insulating and warming without being bulky they're like fucking wafer thin these sweaters they're great lining sweaters um and they're at costco right now in case you're uh, in case you're wondering you could go get a go get a merino wool sweater this one's a blend i'm wearing one right now it's a blend of a uh, wool and polyester and it's fucking soft as hell and it looks super good and anyway um i'm not sponsored by costco but they should really sponsor me because i fucking love costco anyway yeah, we get up there, and I'm, I'm kitted all out. I think the, the coldest it got was about 24 degrees, um, which, after leaving, like, 44 degrees, pretty stark difference. But the weird thing was is that it wasn't actually all that cold up there. Um, I know what the temperature said, but, but there was absolutely no wind whatsoever. It was still, absolutely still, like, not even a breeze. You couldn't hear, like, the snow falling off of the trees or nothing. It was dead. Um, and because there was no wind chill... It was just like the sun was just kind of on us, and it was just really pleasant and comfortable. Um, don't get me wrong, it was cold, but it was not nearly as cold as the temperature would make me think. Like, 24 with wind and 24 without wind are vastly different temperatures in my head. They feel super different. Um, but the um, there was also this weird phenomenon I'd never experienced before. We were, you know, below freezing temperatures, surrounded by snow, but we couldn't see our breath, like, at all. Um, we are even doing, like, the thing to try like mist it up nothing so that either makes me think that a it was super duper dry and there was just no moisture in the air which is possible or b the air was too thin for our breath to fog it was it was one of those two i'm more inclined to think the the former than the latter because we weren't all that high up there about five thousand feet um just roundabout which is about half the, the height that mount baker is so yeah but it was um it was just really fun to get up there and um and see some stuff and do some things so i i had i had a lot of a lot of fun there were a lot of cool alpine lakes up there got some great pictures that i'll hopefully be putting up on uh, instagram and by extension the blog here pretty soon uh so you guys can you guys can see what was up um but it was it was just a ton of fun and my hopefully before the season fucking screws me in the butt um i would love to go up the the southern route and get a get a view of this thing there is a, a highway here um baker lake road that will shoot up um the southern side 
of Mount Baker, there was like a, let's see. Yeah, if we take like, I don't know if they're like maintenance roads or what, but there's um, NF13, which takes me to the Park Butte trailhead, which would be um, on the southern face of Baker, and that should give me a, a pretty good shot of, uh, of Mount Baker just, just right up there. There's actually a couple of them. Trailhead roads along Baker Lake here, um, different areas where we can access the mountain and look at it proper. And plus, there's a pretty lake up there called Baker Lake, which I'm sure is absolutely gorgeous. So, more explorations to be had. Absolutely, I'm a big fan of this part of uh, Washington. It's something that I've pretty sufficiently explored, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, the North Cascade National Park is something I am I'm getting rapidly intimately familiar with and indeed a couple of weekends ago i made another trip up to diablo lake um in the hopes of seeing ross lake but the problem was is that it was super misty and foggy and uh couldn't see shit so yeah there you go there was also a point where i was apparently close enough to the canadian border where my phone went vert, vert, welcome to canada and i was like nope still still on this side of the water that's pretty funny though i thought that was pretty funny um and then we got uh food over at bellingham at, uh, fucking whatchamajigger. It was, uh, fuck. Aslan. Aslan Brewing Company. Um, make a, a hell of a burger. So we went there and we got some, we got some grub. And it was delicious. Um, absolutely. Absolutely love that place and their burgers are really tasty. Where the fuck is Oyster Dome? It's somewhere around here. Are you Oyster Dome? I don't know. Um, Oyster Dome is a trip, is a hike near, in, a fucking Bellingham. That I always wanted to do, but I, I never got around to uh, actually doing it. Oh well. Now I'm just kind of exploring Google Maps. I had it open because I was reading um, I was reading something the other day uh, that required me to fact check. So yeah. Um, but I I very much love getting out into the mountains, and I I hope to get some um snow chains uh for my fucking car um so I can continue to adventure during the during the off season um and it looks like prices range from 30 bucks to 400 bucks so i guess i need to do some goddamn research and get um get some get some snow chains i prefer them to be like i don't know easy to put on and uh allow me to do some do some exploration without breaking the bank would be would be nice and i would advise y'all to do the same uh, if you do go up into the mountains and you are doing some some goddamn exploration, just be be smart, be safe. Bring more clothing than you think you need because you never fucking know, and that is easily the the smartest thing to do. You'd rather have too much than not enough. Believe me, you don't want to get stuck out there without enough clothes. And I don't care how much water you think you need. Bring more than what you think you need. If you're bringing a bottle, bring two. If you're bringing two, bring three. Like, you can never have too much water. And worst case scenario, you can find a spot in the woods to pee. So, I was lucky enough that pretty much every time I really needed to pee, we were able to find a goddamn porta potty. And there's one on the goddamn mountain on Baker. Like, 99% of the way up there, there's like a single porta potty out of turnout um, for, I'm guessing, that exact purpose. And I was like, oh my god, that's the most beautiful thing I've seen all day. And there's like a gorgeous mountain vista behind the porta potty. And I was with my dad, and he's like, oh, you're talking about those mountains? I'm like, no, I gotta pee. And we pull over and 
It was very funny. I actually found some snow chains here that I think will work out great, which is uh, 70 bucks for, for four of them, which is pretty much exactly what I need. Now I just need to make sure they're compatible with my car, and then I can give them a good old buy-a-roo, and I will be, well, safer, um, as long as I actually fucking use them. Um, but a lot of places won't let you, like, into the mountain to continue exploring in the off-season, um, unless you have them in your car. So, you gotta, gotta make the, the financial sacrifice, and, uh, get those, get those fucking snow chains. I think that'll, that'll do it for this segment of the podcast. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I can't wait to go back up there and, and do it again. My next trip I would love to do is I want to head out to Lake Crescent on the peninsula again, um, except this time with my kayak and just fucking go to town on that water. So that's the plan. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. If I wasn't such a monumental nerd and keeping an active eye on it damn near constantly, I would not have known this was even coming. Uh, but a new Frozen short dropped last Friday. It's called One Spot of Snowman. It is a 12-minute short, which makes it the shortest Frozen uh, short. I can't remember how long Frozen Fever was, to be perfectly honest with you. This is, there are now three Frozen shorts, um, not including the Lego one. And this one uh, takes place canonically from the moment um, Olaf is created during Let It Go in the first movie to when he finds Anna, Sven, and Kristoff in like that purple weeping willow grove and then sings in summer. Um, it just it just tells us what goes on there. And it's like Olaf's first moments of being alive and um, how he finds out about summer and how he learns his name is Olaf. Um, it, it, it's, it's Olaf's origin story, which really does fucking scream of who was clamoring for this? Where did this come from? Was this a top-down decision? Was an animator bored one day and just decided to shit this out? And they went, all right, fuck it. Let's just get Josh Gad in the studio. And they'll just they'll just crank out some lines for us. That being said, it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. It's classic Olaf, you know? I mean, it's 12 minutes of just, it's fun. I, I liked it. It's short and sweet. It gets in and it gets out. It's a very harmless 12 minutes. And in fact, compared to the literal dozens of shitty Disney movies I've seen in the last, like, two months. Um, it's a breath of fucking fresh air. You know? It's, it's good. I liked it. Um, and on one hand, I appreciate Disney Plus being an avenue for these weird things. And on the other, part of me is a little upset that that's where, like, some of their creative energy is going. Oh, you thought this was a worthwhile thing to do. It's a 12-minute Olaf short. Cool. You know, I, you, you'd made the Imagineering documentary series, and that's like one of the best fucking documentary series I've ever seen. It was fucking magical. You did the Making of Frozen 2 docuseries, and I loved that too. But, uh, it's fine. It's just Olaf shorts. Sure, why not? I mean, that's, that's your decision, I guess. And, I, I mean, I watched it. I watched it at, like, fucking 3 a.m. because I couldn't go back to sleep. <sighs> That, that's actually today, at the time of recording this. I have now been awake for almost 13 hours, and it is, well, I mean, it's not even four yet. So, I'm feeling weird. But yeah, it's pretty good. If you like Frozen, you'll, you'll, you'll like it fine. I mean, it's just more Frozen. You could probably edit all the shorts and the movies together, and it'd be like, 
maybe maybe six hours. I don't even know. Uh, but it was good. I liked it. It's not the best frozen short. Um, that honor goes to um, the the fucking Christmas one, which I can't. What is it? Is it Olaf's Frozen Adventure? Is that what it's called? Uh, it's always about Olaf. I mean, which makes sense. Everybody loves Olaf. Olaf is is wonderful. What the hell is it called? It's called. Olaf's Rose and Adventure. Fucking nailed it. I'm I'm a fucking nerd. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. You know, we've read a lot of horror this month, and I gotta be honest, it wasn't... It, some of it wasn't all that scary. There was a lot of suspenseful stuff. There's a lot of descriptive images of dark rooms and rotting oceans, and I like that kind of stuff, and it's totally fucking fine, and outside of one pretty decent campfire story, I never really felt, like, scared, you know? I never really had that mortal coil of fear grip me like I was drowning in a sea of spook shit. I did scare myself a couple of times and there were definitely moments where I had to close my door or I recorded everything in the daytime because I'm a little pansy. But after like looking and hunting and searching and synonyms, I couldn't find anything that I would classify as truly scary on the internet. There's a lot of great public domain stuff, but none of it really fucking sunk deep in my soul. Um, the type of scary where, like, you're afraid to scroll down or turn the page. The type of scary where you're outside on a sunny day and you're still fucking spooked. That's, that's kind of what I'm after. That's what I was looking for. So, I decided to take it upon myself and write the type of scary that I've been looking for. The Coastline by Andrew Logan. Chapter 1. We all know what the beach looks like. It's got sand, sometimes pebbles, sometimes big rocks. Sometimes it's got concrete just going right into the water. A man-made beach cutting off that holistic level of nature from the pounding, crushing waves slamming against the earth to the solidity of the earth fighting backs against its watery oppressors. There was once a time when I was out on a coastline much like the ones I've just described. And yeah, this is all written down. It was a cold day. It was gray in the clouds and gray on the water. The water was ice cold. About midwinter. Snow fell yesterday and there was drifts kind of spread out across the beach, freezing the sand. I'm standing there in my black polar fleece jacket, fleece jeans. And that's where you you they look like jeans, but they're fuzzy on the inside. Fucking baller. My boots. Weatherproof. I was standing in the waves as they were gently lapping against the shore. Looking out across the horizon. Just taking it in. It had been one of those days. You know those days. It's not really one way, it's not really the other. You're just somewhere in the middle, adrift in a sea of averageness. Breakfast was okay. You had a bagel. It wasn't toasted enough. And it's one of those things where you couldn't get over that. If you had just turned the toaster oven knob slightly more up, the whole thing might have turned out differently. You cooked some eggs. And the temperature was too high. It came out a little crispy. 
You're not adverse to eating crispy eggs. I mean, your bagel was already under-toasted. The day was a wash. For some reason, you decided to eat breakfast before you took a shower. You took a shower and you get out and you don't know what to do with yourself. You don't know what to do with yourself in the day, so you find yourself at the beach. You get dressed. You know it's going to be cold. Your fucking Alexa Google Home told you so. Hey Google, what's the temperature? The current temperature in Shoreline is 42 degrees. See? It's cold. Bone-bitingly cold. You put some socks on. They're fun socks. I've got hedgehogs on them. You thought that would perk up your spirits. <laughs> you had no idea. I don't know. I, I mean, I wrote this whole thing as like a stream of consciousness. Um, I don't know why it transitioned to second person. But now it's second person, so we're just going to keep going with it. You go outside and you wait for the bus. You have somewhere to be today. That bus ride. That faithful, faithful bus ride. Every day it was on time. Today it was late. Bus pulls in. Windows are darker than you remember. Like somebody painted the inside of them. The door opens. A little bit of fog rolls out. You look up at the bus driver and the bus driver has this kind of weird look in their eye. You can't read the rest of their face because they've got a mask on. And they go, Fair's free today. Come on board. And if you had had a well-toasted bagel and perfectly cooked eggs, you would have recognized that something was wrong in that voice. Something was so, so wrong. But you didn't. Your bagel was chewy and your eggs were crispy. And you got on that bus. First five rows are filled with vape smoking assholes. You just walk past them, smelling like a fucking fruit salad made of bubble gum. You go sitting by the middle of the bus, on the inside seat. You're sitting next to somebody. They do that thing where they like scooch their legs in closer to the window so they, they don't physically touch you. Because um, you're the asshole who doesn't pay attention to social distancing. And so you sat down right next to them. You fuck. And when you're sitting on the bus, and the bus starts pulling ahead. That whole cloud of vape just kind of washes over you. It's terrible. 20 minutes pass. 40 minutes pass. Person on next to you gets off at the next stop, and they do that thing where, like, you get up to let them out, but you stand in between them and the front door instead of going the other direction. And so you have to do that weird, awkward shuffle past, and this person's just fucking mad, and they just shove past you. Then you sit down in the window seat. Another 20 minutes pass. Bus stops. You get off. And you're at the beach. You're at that coastline. The water stretches out all the way to the end of the world. You kind of sigh to yourself and start crunching down the sand. It's giving way underneath your boots. A couple of months ago, you ran across this beach without your shoes on, feeling the warm sand between your toes. You were happy back then. How much changes? You go stand on the water. 
They're completely alone on this beach. There's not another soul in sight. The bus pulls away and goes around the corner and vanishes from sight. You normally can hear it drive away, but as soon as it goes out of sight, it like it stops existing. It's just you. The expanse of the world out before you. Sure, the town is behind you, but these days, the pandemic days, you hardly see anybody outside. Everybody's inside. It's cold out. The warmth of life, the warmth of friends and family, they're inside. Not you. <laughs> Not you. You're outside. Water splashes a little higher and it gets the top of your boots wet. It starts to soak in, chilling your feet like a sponge. It absorbs the ocean water. And your socks are drenched. You don't care. The hem of your jeans start to soak it up like a bounty paper towel. So it just crawls up your leg. You can feel your calves getting colder and colder, but you've long stopped feeling things. Just staring out of that horizon. It's a momentary break in the clouds above you. A single sunbeam shines on a spot good hundred yards out in front of you right in the ocean and that part of the ocean becomes still and glassy like a mirrored surface and you look at it that's not how the water is supposed to behave you say to yourself and then you watch the clouds close and the sunbeam just kind of bews down like somebody's lowering the level and it enters the water and that part of the water begins to glow with this radiance this this light captured from the sun embedded in the water and this ball of light begins to slowly move its way closer to the beach part of you thinks you should move the part that knows if you had a perfectly toasted bagel that morning, you would not be here. That part. But it's so quiet compared to the rest of your mind. Compared to the chewy bagel and the, the fucking crispy eggs and those vape-smoking assholes and you sitting next to that piece of crap on the bus. You just stand there with your cold feet and your wet pants. Frozen. As that ball of light gets closer and closer to you on the beach. Eventually it stops. You look at it. It's right there. You could lean forward and touch it. You could grab it from the ocean. It's right there. But it doesn't make any more sense in front of you as it did far away. It's just this, this ball of light in the water. The waves splash around and over it, but... It never comes above the surface. You're just looking at it. Your phone rings in your pocket. You take it out and you look at it. It's an Amazon email. Your order's been shipped. You smile to yourself. You look back at the light. It's gone.
you've been coming to this spot for the last four months every day like clockwork you never remember until you see that light disappear it all comes rushing back the accident them leaving you your dog getting into the toilet paper and just leaving shreds of it all over the apartment the Rams losing to the 49ers God, that was fucking stupid. something about that light brings it all back and you look back down at your phone and you do what you've done every time you've come out to this spot you take a picture of yourself looking out at the water. You call an Uber and you head back to your apartment. Uber driver doesn't say anything. You're grateful for the silence. You, you flip through the photos in your phone. Black polar fleece. Green sweater. Tank top. Fuck, that was stupid. Look how cold you are. Nipples could cut ice. black polar fleece you swipe through the images sometimes from the right side sometimes from the left sometimes it's a selfie and you have a smile that doesn't quite reach your eyes uber driver pulls up outside your apartment complex you don't say anything you just get out fumble with your keys to unlock the front door you check your mailbox but Amazon shipped it today it's not out for delivery yet Call the elevator. Ding. It arrives. You get in the elevator. Press the button for your floor. Door slowly begins to slide shut. Thunk. You feel the rumble the elevator slowly pull you up. Ding. 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 Door rumbles open. You step out on the landing. The light above your head flickers and dies. <laughs> Lazy landlord not changing the bulbs. You mutter to yourself. You grope blindly down the hallway looking for your door. The floorboard creaks under your left foot. Hasn't done that in a while. You finally find the doorknob. You jumble for your keys. Mail key, no. There it is. Insert in the lock, turns, clicks, door swings open. Step into your apartment, you close and lock the door behind you, and you turn the lights on. Everything's just as you left it. Everything's just where she left it. You turn and you hang your coat on the hook by the door, and you turn back, and there's a guy with a knife, and he just fucking stabs you! Boom! Didn't see that coming, did you? Fucking got you. I fucking got you. Yes. Nobody saw that coming. Not a soul. My fucking short story is perfect. It's the scariest fucking thing you're gonna hear all goddamn October. Oh. Oh my god. That took like fucking days to write. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs>
Okay. Confession time. Pulling back the curtain. Uh, the only part of that that was written ahead of time, in case you couldn't tell, was the intro. That was scripted. Everything else I was just making up as I went. I feel like I actually had something going there. This, there, there were some interesting themes, but that was ripping out of my butt. Um, but like my only, my only note I had going into this was I want to do my best to set up something like existentially spooky because I was thinking about this for a while, right? What legitimately frightens me. Um, and as scary as like slasher villains are and monsters and ghosts and all that shit, true terror for me comes from things like being alone forever. Um, the, the, the empty void of nothingness, like, you know, those, those sorts of things. Um, ultimate betrayal, you know, like real fucking fear. Oh no, spiders. Bah! fucking left you like you know that that sort of that sort of shit that's where the real fear is you know trump gets reelected you know real fucking fear so that's what i was trying to trying to evoke and um i think i think i i I found my groove in some places throughout this this was a fun thought experiment for me really i was just curious if i could if i could kind of create something something like this um and i i think doing these sorts of exercises is easier than I think it is. But what is a challenge is to maintain a consistent narrative off the top of your head. Trick is to keep it simple. I, I, I once tried to do uh, write a book where I did the audiobook first, basically just making up as I went along. And the second you start introducing like characters and names and backstories and stuff like that, it, you start to lose your way a little bit. But keeping it simple, uh, also allows your 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 bullshit story to apply to anybody. You know, you could you could self insert, um, and that's why I switched to second person because um, I felt like that was more appropriate for me trying to scare you, the listener. And then of course, the uh, the classic Dickensian move right there at the end, where you just have a dude in your apartment that stabs you, like that's straight out of a Christmas Carol. I mean, we've read it, we all listened to it. That was a weird twist, I admit, but it was in there, so. I wanted to I wanted to pay homage to to one of literary's classic random murder scenes um, that nobody saw coming. So, yeah, that was the coastline. I'm gonna put this whole thing up as an audiobook um, that that I have done. It's my it's my first it's my first custom audio like original work right here. You heard it here first on the podcast. This is an Andrew Logan original audiobook straight up all me so (laughs) that was fun um but the intro is legit like fucking either the book's super long which means i can't do it in the audiobook or in the podcast rather um or it sucked like most of the crap we read this month i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do next year but jesus i need people to like fucking send in short stories or write their i don't know we're gonna have to do something because I'm fishing the bottom of the barrel. Like, I can always read more Lovecraft, and that's fine, but eventually those will run out. You know, I don't know. We gotta gotta come up with something different next year. Maybe I'll just do, like, a podcast recording of an escape room or something. Where the fuck's that padlock? Wouldn't that be fun just listening to me bumble around and being like, wait, where's the key? No, that's the the key for the fucking drawer. 
We already did that one. Why'd you take it out? Just put it back in. That, that key's done. You never use the same key twice. So. Nerds. So, yeah. Um, that was The Coastline by Andrew Logan. Copyright. Uh, fucking 2020. Um, there'll be a sequel next year called The Pond. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah. Let me know what you thought of that. Um, I'm really curious. If there's like, if there were any thoughts or if you, did I get you at any point? Were, were you like, were you invested in the story? I fucking hope so. That was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> oh man. Happy Halloween and all that, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think and email me at goingcast.gmail.com. Whew. Ah, oh, that was fun. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. We haven't spoken about this in a while, and that's mostly because I have been spending the last couple of, like, fucking months trying to get caught up, and I'm now finally caught up, um, sort of. I'm in the middle of watching the most recent episode of Critical Role, uh, which, if you don't know, is a bunch of nerdy-ass voice actors sitting around playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's one of my absolute favorite shows I, I listen to and or watch. Um, a fair bit of D&D content, not as much as I used to, when I used to work, like, you know, in an office space, um, out in public, surrounded by people, I would listen to podcasts and, um, Critical Role, um, fairly often, but now that I'm home, um, I have the, the freedom to basically bounce around between media and media, and for some reason, podcasts have just not entered, um, my, my sphere of, Things I listen to while I'm at, while I'm working from home. Um, more often than not, it's like smooth jazz music, just so I'm like not distracted. But there's just something going on. Um, and in case you're wondering, my go-to for smooth jazz um, is a uh, a thing called I think it's Cafe Cafe Music BGM channel, which I'm pretty sure is a is like a YouTube thing. They just crank out these like super long. Um, like 40 song jazz albums of varying themes like Sunday Coffee and Warm Jazz and Autumn Study. And you can just pick whichever one you want based on whatever mood or activity you're doing. And they're all phenomenal. And there's a bunch of um, Studio Ghibli covers uh, kind of done in the smooth jazz style as well. And it's beautiful. Um, that's normally what I listen to. So I've been making it a point to watch Critical Role because I have that freedom like when it's after work and stuff like that in order to really... Kind of buckle down and get it done. And I know early on, I probably felt very similar to a lot of folks out there who watched season two of Critical Role. Um, you know, it's not Vox Machina, I Miss Grog, Scanlon Songs are the best, blah, 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 blah. And it, it took it took a minute for me to really get into the Mighty Nine. I don't think I really cared about the Mighty Nine until they get their first, like, ship and start, like, having high seas adventures. Around then, um, I think they really kind of started to click with me. Because much as we were getting used to the characters, so were the actors. And, you know, it, it took a while for them to really kind of become like a cohesive whole. And I don't think, like, if I think about their adventures and all that stuff, I feel like they've, they've kind of come into their own as a group fairly recently. Um, I mean, I'm talking like probably like episode like 100 onward. Um, they've really kind of formed and stuff like that as a, as a squad. The problem is, is, well, I don't think it's a problem, but there's not a real sense of overarching villain 
to kind of threaten everything. You know, like with the Chroma Conclave, there was a really very obvious driving factor um, that was steering them. And then it was like the Terry and Darrington arc. And um, then it was fucking Vecna in season one. And there were, there were these big bads. And I suppose, I think this one's just a lot more subtle. And there's a lot more moving parts going on in the background that we're not 100% aware of just yet. So I know a big bad is brewing, and it could be one of like eight different options. Um, but it's just going to have to be one of those things where we just wait and see where it rolls out and stuff like that. Um, in episode 113, which is the most recent episode at the time of recording this, it really looks like we're gearing up for something huge. And I'm, uh, I'm really excited to see what happens. I know like half of this episode is combat, so that'll be fun. Um, and combat's always like an edgier seat type deal. But I, I'm finally on board with the Mighty Nine, and now that I'm like caught up, I can finally like witness these episodes and like live, which is not something I've been able to do since like season two began more than two years ago. Um, and I'm very, very excited about it. And yeah, I mean, Critical Role is is weird because it's incredibly daunting to get into it. I know, I understand. There are 228 episodes of this show. With a minimum length of each episode of three hours. If you were to watch them non-stop from the beginning of season one to the present, it would take you 28 and a half days straight to watch all of this shit. I ran the numbers last night. It's it's daunting. It's going to take you most of the year to listen to an episode a day. So, although I will say that with season one, you could probably skip ahead to i believe it's uh episode 30 something called the sun tree basically once orion leaves then you can kind of check in with vox machina um and you can read like synopses of what occurred like pre-stream and in those first like 10 episodes or so like it's it's really not necessary to to listen to um pretty much any of vox machina with orion just know that he's a he's a dragonborn named tiberius he eats a lot of food and he's just kind of annoying. And then he goes away and he never comes back except to die, which is wonderful. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just have... I have many mixed feelings about that because I did not watch it at the beginning um, too much. I think Honest to God... What was the first episode of Critical Role I ever saw? I'd have to go back and look to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was towards the tail end of the Briarwood arc. Because I remember um, Scanlan turning into a dinosaur, um, like, in my memory banks. And, like, the Flying Cloud episode. Uh, sorry, um, Cow episode. I, I remember that as well. So, yeah, I was I was in there pretty early on. Like, early enough that I remember the, the Geek and Sundry set. Um, and, like, Felicia Day and stuff like that. I remember I remember that stuff. So, I've been, I've been a fan for a while. Um, and it's... It's one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen on the internet. Once you get in, that's the thing. The barrier of entry is absurd. It's so high. I know. I I know. That's why I've never gone back to re-listen to episodes. Because it's so difficult to stay caught up once you get caught up. And if you fall behind, it takes a lot to get caught up. But I will say that during this time of COVID, there's a lot of time where, pe where people are spending at home. And you could do a lot worse than watching Critical Role. Because once you get invested in the story, 
you're gonna go on a on a on a crazy ride, the likes of which you cannot find anywhere else in media. I I guarantee goddamn you, if you get invested in this story, you will go on a journey with greater depth, more going on than anything else, except maybe a comic book series that's been going on for like 30 years. There's just so much here. You get it all. You get slice of life adventures. You get epic battles. You get deaths. You get rebirths. You get the introduction of new characters constantly. You get amazing sceneries. You get comedy. You get tears. You get it all. It's fucking D&D played by the best. And it's it's wonderful. And I know it's not the only one out there, but it's my favorite. So if you're, if you're looking for something to just absorb your entire life, Critical Role. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. I had the opportunity uh, a couple of days ago to do something I have not done in many moons, and that was carving pumpkins. I have not done this in a very long time. I have also never carved a pumpkin where I was also responsible for, like, getting all that goop shit out of my pumpkin. First time for that as well. So it was, it was a day of firsts, but me and a bunch of friends got together um, to do a uh, socially distanced pumpkin carving event where we were outside in a garage. It was like 38 degrees. It was fucking fr- frigid. Um, and I got two, uh, pie pumpkins from Costco because I reasoned like, A, I don't have a place to display a carved pumpkin and I don't want it to like rot inside my house. And B, um, I did not want to spend 40 minutes scooping shit out of my pumpkin. So I reasoned smaller pumpkin, easier to to prepare and all that stuff. And Costco had a two pack for like five bucks on pie pumpkins. So I was like, perfect. I'll do that. Um, and I ended up, everybody around me is doing like stencils and drawing it out and being really meticulous. And I just started stabbing my pumpkin and like, I, we got the, the shitty orange handle, flimsy metal carving kits from Fred Meyer. Like the ones I used when I was a kid that are absolutely atrocious. That being said, it held up that, that fucking saw only bent like a little bit and absolutely was enough for me to like saw back and forth furiously into my pumpkin. Um, and I carved face after face after face into a single pumpkin, um, to the point where it was more faces than pumpkin. Um, I took more flesh out of the pumpkin than remained. Uh, and that was my goal. I wanted to, I wanted to create like this, this really intricate, uh, series of faces. Um, I did not set out to do that, but once I started carving and I saw how much space I had left on my pumpkin, I was like, I'm just going to keep going. And I did. Um, I even carved a signature into the pumpkin to signify when it was done. And it was a ton of fun. That pumpkin's gonna rot, like, super quickly, though, because it's got, like, nothing left. It's gonna go down in, like, a day. Um, but it was a ton of fun, and everybody had really cool designs. We had a nice combination of traditional jack-o'-lanterns with the triangle eyes and the square teeth and the and the grin uh, to some really creative uh, different ones. One of my friends did, like, a Lemongrad pumpkin from fucking Adventure Time. That was really impressive. Uh, and just fucking people are too goddamn talented when it comes to things. But it was a ton of fun. And coming from somebody who, like, doesn't... Like, I like Halloween fine. Um, But I don't eat candy. Um, I do like costumes, but I'm not a big fan of, like, spending money to buy them. Uh, I think I would really enjoy cosplay creation, like, making my own costumes. Um, I just don't have any of the materials I would need to attempt such things, like a sewing machine or fabric or time. Um, I think I would really enjoy the, the art of creating that kind of stuff, though. 
Um, and I'm not big into horror movies. I know a lot about horror movies, but I don't actually like watching them because I get scared really easily and I have a very vivid imagination, which usually leads to like horrible nightmares. Um, and in my head, it's just not worth it. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's nice to do something that is Halloween related um, that I can be a part of. So I very much enjoyed it. Uh, somebody asked me what my favorite Halloween movie was the other day and I said Coco, which while not technically Halloween, um, absolutely in my head evokes uh, a much, maybe not better, but a, a, a theme and a message about this time of year that I like far more than people going door to door in costumes they bought from Target asking for free candy. Would you rather connect with your ancestors or get free candy? And people are going to have very, very strong opinions one way or the other. I personally prefer the, the Dia de los Muertos view of things around this time of year. Um, but yeah, pumpkin carving was just a ton of fun. I've got some pictures of what my, my pumpkin ended up looking like that I'll put up on my Instagram here. Instagram at GoingUpCast if you want to take a look at my bizarre multi-faced pumpkin. And uh, I hope you all celebrate Halloween in whatever method you do, you know? It used to be a harvest holiday. Maybe it's time to bring in that corn. Maybe it's time to go harvest that corn. It's up to the elephant's eye. Get on that tractor and harvest the corn. Mmm. Corn sounds so fucking good. We used to do a thing with corn where we would, uh, we would, you know, prepare it. We would slather it in butter and, uh, crushed red pepper flakes. Wrap it in aluminum foil and stick that shit in the oven. Um, and just fucking... Or on a grill. We used to grill it, too. I suppose I do have grills outside. I could grill my corn. Get some, like, a fucking Mexican street corn going. That's not so fucking good. Um, of course, nowadays, because I'm supremely lazy when it comes to eating things, it would be far more likely for me to cut all the corn off the cob, put it in a pot with a bunch of butter and red pepper flakes, and then just stir it till it's cooked, and then just eat, like, a bowl of corn. That seems, that seems more likely, uh, because it'd be easier to to consume. Bit of preparation on the front side makes it easier to eat on the other side. I'm just fucking blathering now. Um, but yeah, that's how I celebrated my Halloween. Um, and it was, it was just a ton of fun. I think that'll do it for this week's episode of the podcast. I know it's a little shorter than last week's. Um, and there's a, there's a couple reasons for that one. You know, I, I had to write my own story, uh, and that took some time so that kind of slowed down production um also i haven't mentioned this literally at all so this will be the first time um i'm i'm gone this weekend um i'm off to texas for the texas renaissance fair i know that sounds like a peculiar thing to be doing nowadays uh with with covid but you know i'll be wearing a mask doing all the stuff and the restrictions down there are really solid um at least for the renaissance fair uh state of texas as a whole could uh, could probably be doing a little bit better but I will absolutely be safe and sound um, and doing the uh, what is it two week self quarantine pretty much afterwards uh, just to ensure I don't give it to anybody I really care about and stuff like that but I'm really excited to go down apparently it is the largest renaissance fair in the country um, it's one of the best I've only ever been to one renaissance fair and that's the one we have in Washington um, and I love that Renaissance Fair, but I will admit that you can do the entire Renaissance Fair in, like, I mean, depending on what you're doing, like, if you want to look at all of the tents at the Washington State Ren Fair, you can do the whole thing in, like, a couple hours. 
um, if that, you know. So I'm excited to go to a Renaissance Fair where the possibility of you're there all day and you still didn't see everything is possible. Um, and uh, apparently the uh, the the people running the show are really into it, and so there's a lot of um like role play elements to it as well. It's almost going to be like LARPing, which I've never done, but I've always wanted to do because that sounds fun as hell. The trick with those things being fun is that everybody around you needs to buy into the fucking fantasy. So I don't want to be that guy that shows up and be like, you know, talking modern shit with my cell phone and stuff. Um, I want to I want to be able to immerse myself in that environment and uh, make it as much fun for everybody else around me as it is for myself. So not that this will be a challenge. I mean, you're talking to somebody who plays D&D on the fucking multiple times a week now at this point um i think i've got how many games do i have going right now uh one two three four soon to be five dnd games um and i will be running two of them so yes um yeah so i'm gone this weekend basically from like thursday to monday uh so next week i i hope there's an episode of the podcast um i'll be perfectly honest with you guys it's gonna be pretty hit or miss I'm going to have, like, no time to record anything. Of course, the ironic thing is I'm going to have a lot of stuff to talk about next week. So, I do get home on Monday, so I might just kill myself and record something just kind of right then and there. And then uh, and then we'll have an episode. So, hopefully we'll have an episode. Um, I'm going to spend a lot of time um, in the days preceding my vacation recording, like, Inheritance and stuff. And then I'm probably going to just drop all of those chapters on, um, on Wednesday. So, there is... There are the chapters for the, for the time I'm gone. I'm just available for everybody to listen to. But yes, that's where I will be. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to tell you guys all about it when I get back. Um, so in the meantime, I hope you all have a happy, happy Halloween. And enjoy the beginning of November. Please vote. We are running out of time. It is right around the corner. Oh, boy. Um, but and yes, enjoy Halloween. Days are getting colder. Stay warm. Stay safe. Wear the mask. Wash your hands. Go to patreon.com forward slash goingupcast if you want to support me. And I will see you all next time. Have a good one, everyone.